But yeah, so how do you be? I'm good. Ladies first. I'm good, thank you. <clears throat> and you? I'm good at least. I've just had a bit of a heavy. It hasn't been a heavy week. It's been a heavy day. Oh. So that with the underlying fatigue, you know, that's just that permanent mm. temperament. Um, but mm. like other than that, I'm I'm awesome. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Um, it sounds yeah. We we haven't met yet, man. Um, since we spoke about this last, you know, your your lack of sleep. Um, mm. And I was going to ask you about it today. Has it has it improved? Is it worse? What's happening? So what I do now is I try and sleep not as late as possible, but I try and like work myself up before I go to bed so that I guess I'm tired enough to fall asleep. And also I just sleep to Netflix. So that kind of helps. Um, okay. So it's gotten better, but it's not healthy. Like where I'm at right now isn't healthy. It's so not so in the best position. Yeah. Like yeah. It's, it's, yeah. Okay. So to the ten thousand listeners, I, I struggle <laughs> falling asleep. Um, my body refuses sleep. Yet I'm super exhausted. So that's that's what we're talking about right now. Just to fill people in on these. Mm, I think that's the right mm. thing to do. That's mm. the right. That's why we do this podcast. That's right. So- <laughs> So yeah, but I, I, I'm, I'm, it's much better. It's getting better. It's just not at a point where I'm happy, you know. Okay. But, but we move. Okay. I'm glad to hear that there's progress because these things, um, at least in my experience, I've always found them to be cyclical. So it will be, you know, there'll be months that I will struggle with sleep, and then um, for a long period, like maybe even a year, I won't have that problem. But mm. then you know it comes back again, you know. Mm. Um, so I kind of get visited by insomnia uh, um, periodically. Um, Hello, insomnia, my old friend. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Mm. You, you, the contributors were like old friends this week, eh? <laughs> they were just sharing so from their heart, man. Mm. You mm. know, performers. I always add this thing about performances, you know, because I believe that performers go through the most and we don't always realize it, you know? Mm. Um, Not necessarily every single performer, but a large majority, you know? Mm. And Mm. what I've also found is that performers themselves very seldomly get the opportunity to share their experiences. Mm, I was going to say that. The experiences behind the performance, you know? Hence this week's question. A little more personal than usual, and it requires a level of guts. Mm. And it's actually the bravest thing I've ever asked a contributor to do on the podcast. So, this week's question. How are you handling your biggest musical performance fear? And I was deliberate. How are, meaning that it's a current thing. It's currently, yeah. They are current performers. Um, you, it's personal. Handling, that was the key word. It assumes, the question assumes that you are handling it. And not that it's handled. Yes. It's a current 
process mm. that you're in. So it does require like a level of authenticity that you can't fake really, you know? Mm. Um, your season 11 contributors, you have shared so authentically. Yeah, no, let's, let's let them hear. Let's let the 10,000 listeners listen to contributor number one. <laughs> That's a good question. Um, I'm not a singer, so I'm not going to speak from from that perspective. Um, I'm more into sound engineering. When I was at school, I sang. Um, Lisa, your mother, gave me an opportunity to sing a few solo parts in the choir. I sang in a group as well. But I, I stopped singing when I was at school, so I'm more into sound engineering. So from, from a sound engineering perspective, um, my biggest, firstly, my biggest fear would obviously be messing up a a show, a uh, concert, whatever whatever event it is, where you're doing sound, um, where your client's not happy, uh, or the singers aren't happy, and your audience is not happy. Um, how I'm handling it at the moment is I, I try and ensure that I keep up with what's happening in the industry, um, check on equipment, the best equipment around, um, I must know how to use it. Um, and how I've sort of reduced my anxiety before a concert and alleviate that fear or cut the risk of that fear would be ensure that I plan properly. So um, ensure that um, you know your singers, you know what they want, uh, you know the type of sound they want. You know your audience, you know your equipment, um, you know the venue, etc. So there's a lot in going into that type of thing, but that is how I would I would be handling my my fear. So I have a question, and I think I just want to put it out there so that maybe on the live show, contributor number one can perhaps answer for me, or anyone who has an answer to this question can maybe answer it for me because I just, I want to understand. Okay. Because of my love for singing and my love for performing, I often think of reasons or or, or wonder why people stop singing or stop recording, you know? (laughs) And not even in a sort of like challenge-y sort of way, like I want to challenge it or um, it's purely from a wanting to understand point. Curiosity. Curiosity. Mm. Curiosity. Mm, very good traits. So mm. I think like the contributor number one, come ready on the live show. <laughs> Yo, I'm sure he's stressing now, but yeah. No? He's not. Um, yeah, I, I must just say my mommy got a mention. Mm-hmm. A shout out. <laughs> a shout out, not a mention. But okay. Oh, that's so old. Like who says that anymore? Yeah, right. So, um, but yeah, he's, he's, he, he moved more into sound, you know. Um, mm. hmm. But his biggest fear, man, you're messing up a show. I, when he said that, I, I will, I'll be honest with you, I, I got a little shiver. <laughs> Why is that? That's a huge fear to have. <laughs> I think yeah. we under we underestimate the pressure on a sound engineer. Because he's sitting there and he's saying to himself, Listen, yo, I can mess up this whole thing here. You mm. know? Mm. It's a huge fear to have. And I mean, 
he says um, how he's handling it is he's keeping up with industry developments. Um, he's learning, making sure he knows how to use the latest equipment and planning, planning, planning. Mm-hmm. Which so is a great way to, to sensible. handle that, I feel. Yeah. yeah. So sensible. Stay relevant and plan ahead. Definitely. Wow. Yo, thank you, contributor number one. Sensible. For a massive fear, well, that I see, like, felt as massive, you know, it's just such a sensible, relatable way to, that, that you are handling it. And there are a lot of us who are going to learn from you. <laughs> Well, I'm an engineer and not an artist, so, but we do have fears. And one of my biggest fears is on a live show, messing up a mix. And I'll be sitting there in the mixer trying to adjust the settings so I can get them right so they don't get messed up. Then I find myself messing things up <laughs> because I'm doing too many changes. But that's what really happens, you know, especially, you know, in, 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 the, in the church setting where, you know, people aren't conscious about working with professionals. There are no sound checks, <laughs> and no budgets. You know, even if there is a budget for that, you know, artists don't come on time. It's a mess. So I pray for the day where we all really do things professionally and, you know, we get some checks and stuff like that so that I can avoid this fear of mine. Thank you. Contributor number two is an engineer, not an artist. Not an artist. I would like to contend, contributor number two, that as an engineer, you are also an artist. Here you go validating again, Andelise. (laughs) And being inclusive, I love it. Mm. Wow, I actually didn't think of any of those uh, two beautiful words while I was was thinking that. Um, Mm. But thank you, Neil. Um, We do have fears, man. He says it openly. We do have fears. Mm. And he mentioned specifically a live show and messing up the mix. Messing up a mix, yeah. You know, a liking yeah. to the first contributor, you know. But yeah. this, this contributor mentioned something. He actually spoke about the things that contribute to a messed up show. Mm. Mm. Sound checks, budgets, and respect for the performance process. And Come on time, man. performance, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, sound engineers pick up the slack when we skimp on, on these three things. Mm. When we don't arrive for sound checks or we don't leave time for it. When budgets, we want, uh, 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 the, the, you know, we want the moon, you know, but mm. we give mm. two pieces of coal as payment. You know mm. what I'm saying? So, mm. so mm. you know, and then also this um, performers themselves not respecting the performance process, but also other people involved in putting the performance together. You know, yeah. the non-singing um, contributors. So yeah. all of these, you know, they have to kind of be at the same level or, or at a realistic level in order to get the sound that you want. So I think this contributor is handling his live show in two ways for me. He's handling his live show. He's handling his fear of messing up a live show in two ways. Number one, talk about what went wrong. 
Use your words, even if it's just for yourself. He could tell you. You end up fiddling all the time. He said, you know, and then you mess it up because you fiddle too much, you know? Mm, mm, <laughs> so mm. talk about what went wrong. It's okay, you know? And then the second way that he's handling it, which I love, is one word. Hope. <laughs> I, he mm. said, I pray for the day when we will have all these things in place. You know, we'll there's hope. Things in place. Oh, yeah. you know, man, I just love that. Yeah. I do think we as a community have a lot, like a long way to go. You know, just like reflecting on his answers as far as just taking things a little bit more seriously, you know, as far as sound and performance mm. is concerned, mm. you know, mm. um, it also takes me back to the, to the, I, it was an episode, it wasn't a season, an episode where we addressed this, at least do you remember, I just don't remember which season, we spoke about engineers, you know, and performances and the relationship yes. between yes. the two. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And this brings us back to that. You better go look up that. I don't know which season either, but you can just scroll down the, se- the seasons and check out um, something about a sound engineer. But it's it's got sound engineer in the title. <laughs> <laughs> but at least, um, um, what what? How do you? How are you handling your biggest performance here? So I've had three distinct stages in my performance career to date with a distinctive performance fear in each stage. (laughs) Mm. So in my teens, I had this fear. It was based on the fact that I sang for Sabbath school, the early service, when I was probably about 12 or 13, I don't know, but round about there. And um, I was being accompanied on guitar. Um, Those days in our church, we had about five or six like really accomplished guitarists who could play anything and beautifully. They could pick and they could strum and they could whatever. So I practiced the song and I was ready to sing. And I remember, I could have been 10. Um, I remember standing in, in front and singing the first line and then a swallow. My throat just swallowed without my permission. Mm, involuntarily, I know that. In the middle of a word. And then I was like, then I was inside my head eh, while I'm singing. And I'm like, listen, no, man. No, that Mm. can't happen. And then it happened again. It happened Mm. throughout the song. I was (laughs) mortified. (laughs) So it became my biggest performance fear. How I handled it was actually self-deprecation. Disguised in, Lord, I know I can't do this without you. What I was actually doing was believing that that whole swallow episode was some punishment for me being full of myself. So I became the opposite of full of myself before performances. Mm. Like, I can't do this. It's not going to work. I'm not going to reach that note. This is, I'm going to forget how to start. I'm going to forget my words. I did, Mm. I made myself like, um, like a mess so that. I could pour everything my last into the performance so mm. that it would. Oh. Mm. And then in my late teens to late twenties, I remember I told you that story about how all the girls that were singing with me all packed up laughing. Mm. No, do you remember that story? The girls, what they what? That were singing with me. They all packed up laughing. You know, during the song, and I was left. Up, they all packed up laughing. It's just an expression. They all started oh, laughing. First time hearing it in my life. Oh, 
Okay. 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 We've crossed that bridge now. All right. So we (laughs) we're understanding each other again. These girls were like, we had prepared a special item man, to sing at in the at the hostel. And then, I don't know, somebody probably started a giggle and then they all packed up. They all started they laughing. They all started laughing. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And I was left like playing and singing alone. <laughs> um, yeah. It was very embarrassing. So how I dealt with, how I handled that was to make sure that I am prepared for any even, eventuality. That is when that planner Lisa really mm. came into being. Because if it ends up that I'm, it was my good that I was playing myself because I could keep my composure. If the mm. pianist had also lost it, then it would have been over for then you. It would have, then I would have had to just a cappella sing to the end. You know, it wouldn't have worked. So you would have still kept your composure? I probably would have. I probably would have. I'm more interested in why these girls packed up. <laughs> I think maybe somebody made one of the boys like did made a funny sign or a joke or something, you know, from the audience. We were young, man. We were like 15, 14, maybe 14, maybe 13. Mm. Maybe 12. Mm. <laughs> no, it was high school. So, yeah, you know. And then also what, what one of the ways that I handled this was that after that experience was to make sure that the people I sing with are on the same page as me about the message of the song. Mm. So I would like always be the one in rehearsal to direct people's attention or their focus to the message. Mm. And then that also like fell away almost because from my thirties onwards, my biggest performance fear is that my vocal performance in recording is not going to be good enough. That's mm-hmm. a current performance fear. That's and a current performance fear. Yeah. Yeah. That's where it's at now. That's where the fear party is at. And you know what? In handling it, I can't like say it's handled, you know, all I know is I had to face a number of uncomfortable things for me. I had to face hearing my own recorded voice. I had to face things like giving honest feedback on a mix or a rendition. I had to learn about the recording process. I had to educate myself. And this is crucial, you know, to me. I had to say no and I had to say yes. And the result... I'm kind of loving every minute of my performance process, even the uncomfortable parts. <laughs> At least for what it's worth, you have a beautiful recording presence. You have a beautiful recording voice. And you do exceptionally well in studio. That's all I want to say. <laughs> Thank you, Neil. Um, it does, it does, it's good to get feedback, you know, Um because it does tell me that I should keep doing what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I also think I take for granted sharing this kind of thing with you because I just assume because I hear beauty, you hear beauty, especially <laughs> as the vessel and as the producer of that mm. beauty, you know. But I really consider what goes through your mind when you're recording or how you feel about your vocal presence or your, your studio presence, etc. So I think I should share a lot more than I do. Wow. Yeah. 
Mm. Um, hmm. Because uh, I'm in validation, you. you know? I'm like so flawed at this validation. Um, mm, that's why we do uh, this podcast. Yeah, that's why we do this podcast to flaw Aunt Lise. <laughs> <laughs> we also do it for the contributors. <laughs> and we have mm. a third one. <laughs> interesting that you ask this question i had to deliver a string of performances this week and there are two approaches that i would take in dealing with preparation and anxiety and fear related to performances the first is to rehearse and practice until it runs as smoothly as clockwork without losing any sincerity the second, which fits better, is to study and learn and be aware of myself and what my capabilities are. Because that way, approaching any and every performance, I know exactly what it is that I would contribute and offer. Rehearse and practice until it runs smoothly but that's not all that's not all <laughs> without losing sincerity on these i love it that was potent that was a potent answer actually. that was like a bomb mm. contributor number three mm. he's actually just lifted us up mm. is what he's just done <laughs> inside up. joke inside joke yeah yeah no he's totally lifted us up you know um especially because he also said that um in 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 conjunction with that with that approach to rehearsal mm. you know um study and learn about yourself be mm. honest with yourself about your capabilities then you must not mm. know what you can offer and then you will not get saddled with things that are outside of your, of what you are capable of, you know, mm, mm, mm. there was this, <laughs> there was this one girl, <laughs> you know, the Sabbath school secretaries in our church, like traditionally, they are young girls, you know, who are showing an interest in public speaking, you know, so we use them in the Sabbath school as secretaries, so they can get that exposure. Mm. And this girl wasn't comfortable in speaking in English, man, you know. But she insisted that she wanted to do all her things in English. So, you know, they get to do the opening hymn and announce, yeah. do the welcome maybe and so on. So now after the closing hymn, um, the secretary must now, and the prayer is, the secretary says to the church, um, we're going to separate for our lesson study classes or whatever, you know, that announcement. Yeah. <laughs> she was so nervous. Because she had to say it in English, and she ended up saying, "We shall now separate." <laughs> she didn't even finish. She, she didn't even finish the sentence. She ran out. <laughs> she didn't run out. She ran out <laughs> because she invented a word. We shall now separate. It's because. <laughs> oh, that's such a cute, that's such a cute word, though. It's very cute. Um, you know, it was just separate. the alliteration, man, of the shell, you know. And then to <laughs> say yeah. separate, you know, sounds so. So, yeah, be honest with yourself about your capabilities. And if you're not comfortable in singing, <laughs> in, Africa, in speaking in English, then don't. 
You can even have a translator. You can say, <laughs> uh, no, what, what is separating Afrikaans? Anyway, you could make the... You know? Mm. And then mm. the interpreter can say, we shall now separate. We will now separate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, yeah. This, this I, I do want to say though, at least, like <clears throat> with what contributor number three has just said, man. You know what, like practicing and rehearsing does for you. When I just like pondered on this question, on this answer, um, it relaxes you, man. You know, mm. and not that you'll be one hundred percent relaxed because you mm. know adrenaline and nerves are still there, but mm. the anxiety of singing the wrong note or or, mm. or forgetting what it is that you're meant to do here and there, like it mm. diminishes. To a degree, because you are, you are, you are well rehearsed. Yeah? Absolutely. And it just provides us like confidence. You know, mm. you perform or you offer your product with confidence Love that. You know, with poise and with like mm. self assurance mm. because you know what you're doing. You know, yes. I, I just, I, I resonate with so much of what contributor number three wow. was saying. Wow. I mean, just your, your, the way you wax lyrical about the rehearsal process. Um, or you had me there, you know, it was like um, you were speaking through my eyes, if that makes any sense. It makes perfect um, sense. Because I love the rehearsal process. Sometimes I used to tell you sometimes even more than the performance, um, which is, me. it's, yeah, but it's kind of evening out. But the performance for me wouldn't be what it is if it wasn't for the rehearsal process. Mm. That's how important that process is to me. And mm. it's important to me with its ups and its downs. You know, mm. there are, mm. are, are challenges during that process, but that's how you, you, you get to what is going to be your end products, influenced yeah. by all those occurrences. But also the fact that this contributor mentioned the word sincerity. And, mm. you know, in, mm. in a discussion about performance, I just felt, oh, welcome, welcome. At least I think you need to, you need to have a TED Talk. And on your TED Talk, you need to talk about that thing that you used to talk about at rehearsal of the spectrum. And on the one side of the spectrum, there's, is it perfection? And on the other side is heart. Am mm. I getting this right? Yes, yes. You need to address this. People mm. need to hear that. Okay. I will mm. I'll work on it. I'll work on it next week. Okay. Um <laughs> so tell us, Neil, what is your greatest or how are you handling your greatest musical performance fear? Oh, see Angelis, I hate the way you asked that question because now the ten thousand listeners are expecting a deep answer and I really don't have one. What? Um, like, see, Aunt least I haven't performed often enough to develop like a serious or heavy performance fear, you know, like apart from irrational fears like your pants falling while you're singing, you know, or something silly like that, you know, but even something as basic as like a bum note, like you get over that quickly. Mm, mm, and I mm. mean, it's bound to happen, you know, but in a live setting, I mean, you're more forgiving of that. But yes. also you take like precautionary measures to like avoid this kind of thing from happening mm-hmm. as contributor number three or f- three has like, yes. you know, suggested like the rehearsal. So I don't have anything heavy on least, or maybe I don't know myself well enough to have developed one or to be able to, to identify one, you know, so wow. maybe there's a lot of self-awareness that needs to go or that needs to happen within me for me to answer this question. So give me like about three to five years. 
Yes, you know, and and I'm even thinking. I mean, who who says you must have a performance fear? You don't have to have one. I just thought now you no, know. No, but that if, makes you sound like a douche. No, you and you you're anything but a douche. So it's okay. You can say that. Um, I can say I'm a douche. No, you can say that you don't <laughs> at the moment. You can't identify a performance fear. I think that's totally plausible. Okay. You know, uh, because what I see with you is like, you are just, you love everything to do with performance. You, you, you just love it. So I guess you don't have time for fears, my bro. No, let's not say that. Let's not say we don't have time for fears. Let's just say, again, I want to highlight the fact that I haven't performed often enough. Like performance isn't something I do often. Like I don't have much of a relationship with performance or with doing it. So I think that needs to happen a lot more for me to just ah, know myself in that setting and know myself in that context. You. And then maybe when that happens, I can answer your question with confidence and with, you know, substance and just... I hear you. Yeah. yeah. I hear you. My musical performance fear. It used to only be technical things going wrong while I'm busy or while we in front or that I cannot run to the back and fix but now with the digital release it brings another fear of whatever is wrong whatever we get wrong is there forever well I can delete it but that's the fear and how I handle it is focus on the good parts focus on what I did right and what I can improve on. Um, I don't actually handle it well, and I don't, it doesn't. The fear doesn't go away, but that's mostly. Yeah, we just learn as we get older. We learn how to deal with it. Part of contributing number four's answer um, ties in with what you've just said. You know. Mm. I mean, his fear used to be that the technical things would go wrong during the performance, you know, and he's singing in front and then he can't run to the back to sort it out, you know, in the middle mm. of the song. He's got to trust mm. the guy that's there and uh, whatever. So, so, so he says now with digital music, it's, it's the pressure is different. You know, it's, it's now that once it's out there, it's out there, you know, mm. um, mm. And it's, it's, it's quite a lot of pressure. And you know what? I thought this contributor's, um, for the, the fear that he used to have, the one with technical thing, things going wrong. Yeah. I think it's maybe very, still very much alive and relevant eh? in a yeah. lot, in the experience of a lot of people. I mean, a slight tangent, but things are go- still going haywire with us learning how to use how to use live broadcasts effectively at our local church level, you know? And yet there are people, there are people who are sufficiently inherently motivated to willingly equip themselves with the core knowledge necessary to do live streaming of church services. And Mm. I I mean, these people don't have broadcasting degrees. They have taught themselves what they need because they're interested. And, Mm. you know, uh, uh, yeah. And I'm talking about all the platforms, Zoom, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Alice, you know? And then 
there's usually that one person also has this drive to do this, you know, who then will take on the responsibility of these live stream, you know, uh, broadcasts. And they, boy, do they have to deal with things going wrong, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know. But I've just noticed, you know, they, they, they persevere. And I'd like to show some respect to those individuals at the local churches. We see you on the Saturday Night Five. <laughs> and and our, our fourth contributor has some advice that, that he applies to his own experience. And he says very honestly, it doesn't remove the fear for him, but it makes it a little, at least a little more manageable. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. focus on what you did right. Celebrate that. And, and we then, really do, Aunt Lise. We really do. Because we're going do. to focus on that one speck or that like little stain and mice, yes. everything else that went well, yeah. I love that he said that. And then the other thing that I love that he said was that um, it gets better as you mature. So experience is an awesome teacher. Mm. And that's what you are saying you need before you can describe yourself in this way. Mm. 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 You know, um, you will, yeah, experience is, 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 is important. And that's an entire, n- another podcast, you podcast, know, yeah. mm-hmm. um, the role of experience in music. It's, it's, yeah. But anyway, we do have a fifth contributor. Well, that's uh, quite easy for me. Um, I simply just talk nonsense and laugh it off and um, most of the time it does assist with taking my mind off the the stage fright. See, that was just so on brand with contributor number five. His answer was just him 100%. Because, I mean, I've experienced some of that. And I think it's all he ever does in life. But um, that's a podcast for another day. Um, no, definitely. And, 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 and stage fright is a real problem. I yeah, think. yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah, a fear. That's yeah, yeah. a fear. Yeah. Sure. I mean, I, I like uh, the self-awareness that, that contributor number five displayed by saying, um, and I mean, when, when I heard what he said for the first time, I thought to myself, quite, for quite easy for me. You know, but it's mm. true. It's very easily identifiable. You know, this this mm. trait that he has of, mm. you know, talking nonsense and stuff, and um, stage fright. Oh, yo. You, you know something about stage fright? Like, I really thought that it was something <clears throat> that only young people experienced because of how new they are oh. in, in terms mm. of standing in front of people. You know, mm. and then I realized that adults. Mm. Also, deal with this monster. Big time. Big time. And I've seen it happen right in front of me, Neil. I was completely traumatized. And not for the reasons that that, uh, I think people would assume. There was this this big deal event that we had practiced for, you know. Um, All the, the people who were participating in the event were you know had practiced some songs together and were all gonna sit on the stage it was like led by a particular church which shall remain nameless um and we were at a particular civic which shall not be identified 
but yeah, there were a lot of practices and stuff. So this girl was meant to to sing a solo, like a verse, you know, of a song, and then we all join in the chorus. She had a sweet voice, like an angel. So on the day in the performance, <laughs> when it came to the verse, the intro was played once. The intro was played twice. Yeah. Then thrice, and then people on the stage started doing that whisper singing thing, man, giving her the first few notes. Mm. And still, she just shook her head at us and said she can't remember. She doesn't know what's going on. And what follows has got to rank among the biggest regrets of my life. The moment she said, But I can't remember the song. I believed her at that moment. I saw in her that she can't remember the song. And I had this urge to go and stand by her and sing the verse for her as if nothing was wrong, you know? Mm. But, but then I thought, no, this is not my thing. Let me not be forward Francis again, you know? And then I saw that, that people were encouraging her to just try, just try. And she gave in. And let's just say she sang... A new tune. She sang a new tune. Yeah. Oh, I felt so sorry. My heart always goes out to performers who have to overcome all this stuff. I think we need to have an episode on stage fright because I think there's so much I have to ask and so much I have to say mm. about it. Mm. You know? Mm. Mm. Yeah. Um, but, you know, um, um, at least as I was um, listening to the answers this week, um, I think I might have figured out what it is that our contributors have in common. Really? But at the risk of embarrassing myself, I'm going to leave it for the live. Okay. <laughs> Only mm. one more episode to mm. go and then it's the live, eh? Time is moving. <laughs> Time, it's moving. And I could be wrong, but let's not, let's not expose my potentially <laughs> embarrassing <laughs> comment thread or yeah uh-huh. you know Neil <clears throat> this episode just leaves me with the feeling that we need to share more more and more mm. often mm. Mm. you know I mean I think like each of the contributors in this week's episode touched us on our studios as performers <laughs> <laughs> You know, <laughs> but <laughs> by creating this environment of sharing, we can find community. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm so shocked that you know that video and you know that reference. Oh, come now, Neil, please. Sorry, Aunt Liz. I forget like how plugged you are. Oh my word. Uh, Hmm. Yeah, hmm. but anyway, moving swiftly along. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just I, my overwhelming feeling, you know, after after hearing all of the, of the contributors, was that creating an environment of sharing helps us to find community, you know, hmm. um, hmm. and also to learn. It gives us an opportunity to learn from each other, and yeah. you know, be, we become so much richer in our performance. Hmm. I mean, in a nutshell, what these dudes said tonight. Stay relevant. Plan ahead. Don't lose hope. Talk about what went wrong. 
Rehearse a fundamental aspect of planning. Get to know yourself. Focus on what went well and have a party of one. It mm. does get better. Keep at it. Remember to play. Have some fun. I don't know about you, but I'm all in my feels about the power of sharing to, in this episode. So, so thank you so much to our contributors. Um, your, you have contributed to the growth, development and recognition for so many others in the performance um, uh, space. So a donkey. Thank you. Siabudela. <laughs> in course. Why do I want to say amen? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's fitting. It's, it's, it's fitting, me. Yeah. 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 So yeah, that's all that we have in episode three of season eleven. And um, when we see you next, it will be episode four, which is just before the live. Um, and we're looking forward to to seeing all of you at the live. But until episode four. From Lisa and Neil, it is. Goodbye.